you are listening to the Flat Squirrel Podcast Network, which also includes Digging for Kryptonite and My Comic Shop Book Club, available on all major podcast platforms and in video form at the Anthony Desiato YouTube channel. To support the Flat Squirrel Podcast Network and get a bunch of extra exclusive episodes, sign up at patreon.com slash anthonydesiato. Thank you. Alternate Realities has been gone for over five years, but our community lasts forever. And now, in these dark times, the AR signal lights up the night sky, and the old gang is ready to answer the call as we celebrate a year's worth of holidays together. This is The Longer Halloween. My Comic Shop History is brought to you by... The Hive Comics and Games is an oasis of nerd fun and events in the heart of Odessa, Texas. Whether it's comic book superhero stories or role-playing in a dungeon, The Hive is where to be. Come tap your mana and face off against the top Magic the Gathering players in West Texas. Hive carries a majority of new comic titles each Wednesday and has all of your favorite titles in their back issue section. Follow them on Facebook at The Hive Comics and on Instagram at The Hive Comic Shop. Movie lovers should check out this family of film festivals, the Brightside Tavern Film Festival in Jersey City, the Hang On To Your Shorts Film Festival in Asbury Park, and the Point Lookout Film Festival on Long Island. Submission information for filmmakers, as well as details about the festivals generally, can be found at filmfreeway.com. Also, be sure to listen to the podcasts hosted by the festival's organizer, C.J. Cullen. You can find the official Hang On To Your Shorts podcast, as well as the Cullen On Film podcast, via a shared universe network. Welcome to The Longer Halloween, a My Comic Shop history tale. I'm your host, Anthony Desiato. This is part six, St. Patrick's Day. And for this installment, I am joined by former Alternate Realities crew member, Brian O'Day. Brian O'Day, welcome. We are back. Yes, unbeknownst to our audience, we had some uh, some Wi-Fi issues. We were trying to video chat, and that wasn't working. So we've switched to an audio-only call. Uh, so this is now, I think, our third attempt at, uh, at getting this started. But uh, third time's the charm. This is our third take. <laughs> it was nice to see your face for the two minutes, though. Yeah, likewise, <laughs> likewise. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's been a while, and like I said in the in the version that people will never hear you know like i said that's one of the main reasons i wanted to do this i wanted to yeah you know, i wanted to catch up with the ar gang check in on everyone get a chance to see everyone you know albeit virtually so uh so it was nice to see you briefly and i'm happy to talk to you i mean it's been a while and i i think we have a, a few things to catch up on absolutely sir absolutely uh i did try to throw a shout out to lord retail and to sean Hendricks. so you know just after watching the documentary and you know Hearing the many podcasts that you guys have done with them, <laughs> especially Sean, man, is he the is he the number one star? Is he on the most? Is has he the most appearances? You know, we don't we don't want we don't want this to go to his head. You know, I, I feel like <laughs> I feel like we're running that risk right now. Yeah, Sean has been a very frequent guest. Oh and, man, and you know, I do the Patreons. I did a four part Patreon miniseries with him too. So especially if you factor that in, he's he's definitely in terms of the most frequent guests, he's up there for sure. Oh man. Uh, that's that's awesome for him but i'm pretty sure that's already gone to his head <laughs> <laughs> he's been you know what he's been he's gone so far above and beyond in the promotion of the documentary it's awesome oh man. my it's god nice to see it's great man i i i love every second of them and i'm happy for you guys and i'm happy for it, it was nice to have it on you know on apple tv and just like oh i could watch it on a big screen tv it's great you yeah. know 
yeah, and actually, this is the first episode of my comic shop history that I'll be putting out since the since this occurred. The documentary is now available on Curiosity Stream, which is the streaming platform. It's like Netflix for documentaries. So excited uh, for this to happen. Uh, so oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So it's out there on Curiosity Stream. So it's another way to watch in addition to you know, to Apple and iTunes. Although I'm sure I know all of my listeners, I know all of them have already watched it, but in case, in case there's anyone who has it now, there's another way to watch it. Well, that's great, man. I, that's really cool. I, I mean, I'm very happy for you. It's I'm delighted for you and all the hard work that you put into it. I know. And it's been a long road, but you know, you've been persistent. You know what I mean? Yeah. You gotta, you gotta stay at it. No, I appreciate all of your support. I appreciate your participation. And actually I was going to save this for later, but it's appropriate to mention now because this is I, there's a question I've been meaning to ask you on okay. on the podcast. It's kind of spinning out of one of your comments in the documentary, and I feel like again we have other things that I want to cover, but I want to make sure I ask you this. I don't want to forget. So, just as a refresher for our listeners, uh, you are one of the uh, what I call the AR legacy interviews uh, in my comic shop country, right? You and a handful of the other guys from alternate realities. I have you on screen talking about the closing of the store and the legacy of the store, what it means to you. And you have a soundbite where you say that, and I think this is the exact quote. I think this is the exact quote. I don't know when we all to get, when we all get together at all anymore. And, you know, referring to, you know, the, and this was Pre, you know, pre-COVID, right? The fact right. that those large AR dinners, those gatherings, they, they happen so infrequently now. And it seemed like, you know, you weren't, you weren't celebrating that, right? There seemed to be some, uh, some sadness in that was, was, was my takeaway. So then my question is, and this, I don't say this with any, any antagonism, like I'm genuinely curious because to the best of my knowledge, like you've not, you know, you've not sent out a mass email or a group text or something like that and tried to like take the reins and organize one of these dinners. So I guess I'm curious, like if you, if you would want those gatherings to happen, like why not, why not try to make one happen? Uh, I mean, I figured this was coming along sometime because you had, you had mentioned this to me before, but you know, I was never the one to grab the bull by the horns for like the gatherings, you know, Bill was in town it kind of just formed naturally. You know what I mean? Everybody came in. Richoni's in town. Okay. You know, we had 20 people at those dinners. And so I think, I think the most we ever had at one of those dinners, and that including the, the AR goodbye at uh, Venetian delight might've been like 23 or 24 people. And I, I knew when the store shut down, I was like, that's probably never going to happen again. Now it's nice that we have, you get the eight to 10 guys that come out, you know, every once in a while, but that, that rarely happens. Well, that rarely happened anymore before COVID. I mean, I know Rich would come down every once in a while and he would get dinner with Drew and Tom and Steve. And, you know, he might go over to spider's web or to Oh yeah. But I don't know. I was really sad because I always loved that things and you just got to see everybody, you know, even if it's just say hello for five, 10 minutes. I, that's something that I really missed, you know? Yeah. For and sure. I was sad. I, I absolutely was sad that the, the right, the right term was sad. Yeah. I try not to show it, but you know, I absolutely was sad. Yeah. No, I get it. Oh no, yeah. I was just curious. I mean, this has come up with Odo too, where, you know, he'll, he'll lament the lack of the gatherings and, you know, I mean, I've said to him, it's like, well, why not? You know, like, why not try to organize? And the thing is, it's like, 
believe me, I know from firsthand experience, I know it's not easy wrangling everyone. I like, I get it. <laughs> I, I think if Steve actually asked and wrangled, asked people to come, we would all go. I mean, especially coming from Steve, but yeah. you know, because he was such a figurehead, obviously because it was the store, it was his store, you know, for me to do it. I think it, it more so comes from the guys that were there all the time, you know, uh, you or Sean or even Tom or, you know, even not the rich would use, you know, use any technology and send out mass emails for everybody. <laughs> Although he does email um, to, you know, Mike Sangregario, you know, he would take the reins and organize these big, um, you know, dinners and stuff like that. And fair play to him. He did. Um, I'm, I'm more was like, okay, great. You know, tell me when and where that's the time and I'll show up, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think, I do think you're selling yourself a little short, a, a lot short, actually. I mean, if you were, you know, if, if you were right. to, no, if you were to take the reins, I'm sure everyone would love to hear from you. It would be happy. Yeah. So, I mean, I think you certainly have, you know, just as much right as anyone else, you know, to do it. Well, it's not that I see it as a right or privilege. Definitely, definitely not. You know, um, I, it, it was more of um it was more, I don't know how to explain this. It's more, it was more something of, you know, it, it was everybody's generosity, everybody's, you know, graciousness just to be around with all those good people. You know, that's what it was. That's, and that's something that you miss. But, you know, look, almost, actually, all of you are married except for like me and Tom, <laughs> you know? Um, so, for you guys have lives of your own with your wives, you know, and I know the wives come out sometimes, sometimes they don't, you know, I'm not trying to intrude in any of that either. Oh, sorry. Rich Roney bachelor. Sorry. Rich. <laughs> I, I apologize. <laughs> I apologize, Rich. Um, but you know, that's the type of thing that I really do miss. I, I do miss all the camaraderie, but you know, especially with COVID, like I miss going to comic cons, I miss seeing friends at Comic Cons. That was always fun, you know. Uh, even though they were all chaos, um, and that also, you know, I know it's hurt a lot of people, you know, especially small businesses that would get to these cons and they would, you know, they can get, you know, maybe fifty or sixty thousand dollars in sales for a weekend, you know, like a New York Comic Con, and they do great, you know, and that that makes up half the year for them or something like that, you know. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, this has been, and, and, you know, I know you've been very involved with Chris Wilcock at Undiscovered Realm and helping out at his own convention and conventions that he, that he goes to as a vendor. So no, I mean, I, I mean, like, so we know, you know, firsthand people who have been affected by all of this now. Well, so speaking of COVID and, and its impact on everything, am I correct? Have you, have you made a, a career change in the midst of all of this? Not by choice. <laughs> What's going on? So, uh, I guess, at these, well, this would be about the timeline. I guess we're almost about a month away from almost one year than this, the lockdown happened, right? So, oh, sorry. This this will be a one-year anniversary of COVID, basically, starting, right? Yeah, this episode drops on March 3rd. Uh, and, yeah, the lockdown and everything was, you know, just was very, March very 11th. shortly after that, yeah. March 11th. So I was furloughed from my previous job um, 
So for those who don't know what furlough means, it means that I was asked to step away for your, from your job and they have the right to take you back uh, within a given period. But I declined to go back. And, you know, after looking for a few things, I had a friend who worked for ShopRite, or he works for the parent company of ShopRite, said, said, you know, they're looking for people. I think you'd be a good fit. And I'm in my fifth month of training. So, and it's been working out so far so good. I'm enjoying it. My stress level is a lot less. Uh, the job is pretty good. The people are really good. The people in my old job were bad. They they were all pretty good. Um, you know, it's just something new in life. You know, you don't take anything for granted. You know, companies don't have don't owe you anything. You know, you you you're they pay you for your time basically. You know, but yes, I, I'm embracing the the new job and you know just some livelihood. I'm trying to enjoy things and just keeping an open mind for most things these days, to be honest with you. No, I get it. And I mean, you know, you always have always struck me as someone who, you know, does what he has to do. Right. And so I admire, you know, what you've done and the fact that you've landed on your feet. And I think that's awesome. And, uh, you know, I'm sorry that you were in that position to begin with. I mean, you were at your old job for like how long? 15 years. Jeez. Yeah. Like I said, they don't owe you anything. And that's okay. And it was a lesson learned, to be honest with you. It was a good lesson to be learned. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I got to say, they did ask me to go back, and I got to say yeah, whether or not I wanted to. So, you know, I can't I can't fault anybody, you know. So it, it, you've got to take responsibility yourself. So, and, yeah, you know, I'm not the type of person to try to sit around and do nothing. I can't do, I'm not like that. I wasn't built that way. I, I I will go out and get something done. It doesn't matter what it is, you know, at the end of the day. But, you, I mean, you know plenty of people like that as well. I'm not the only one like that. Not the only one, but not everyone is like that. So, I mean, you know, kudos, kudos to you for that. Now, we have, of course, a mutual friend, Tom Darby, who's going to be on the next episode of The Longer Halloween, who has years and years of supermarket experience. Uh, he's an educator, but he's also worked at a supermarket as well. And I'm just curious if you asked him for any advice and if he if he shared any with you that you were able to use. Um, I have not, but things that he has mentioned are things that I've sort of seen. Um, his role is a little bit different than what my role is. So I, I, I'm um, in like store management role and where he's more on the floor. Um, so I have a, diff a pretty much different role and he's also working for a different supermarket than I am. So I'm not too familiar with their ins and outs as I am with my own supermarket. I don't know if I, we've had to pay for to to say who I work for. So I'm trying to be careful. <laughs> no, uh, I, think you, I think you already said, but that's okay. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Sorry. <laughs> uh, no, I was just curious. And, you know, again, Tom will be on the next episode, the April Fool's episode, because we're both, he and I are both April birthdays. So That's he'll be, correct. he'll be on there. And so maybe, uh, you know, maybe I'll ask him about, uh, any, any supermarket advice that he might give to you or to someone. <laughs> um, but again, I, I, I already, I already know the answer to that question. <laughs> and I'm sure you did too. Already. <laughs> I'm sure you do already as well. I, I might. Uh, so who have you been, who have you been keeping in touch with from the AR gang during this COVID era? 
I, uh, I hear from Rich, um, you know, maybe every other month. I've ha- I saw Drew um, one evening uh, having for Chinese food. We were there's a new Chinese restaurant over by where we li- live. Um, who else? I saw Doug one day in a Seven Eleven, but he's keeping away from. Um, you know, everybody because of COVID. And I, the most regular person that I have seen is Tom Darby because we watch UFC fights. So that that's really what it is. But it also, I will say, and Bill Mayo, I hope you're listening to this. There has been a Jeff Wong sighting. What? Yes. Jeff Wong sighting, and he actually works in the Chinese restaurant right next to my, my apartment. So that, that is, that is a fact of life. Okay. So long time listeners. And if you watched my comic shop documentary, the original movie about AR, you know, Jeff Wong, if you watch the movie, you've seen him in action. Uh, if you've listened to the podcast, you've heard us tell stories about him. Hands down the most legendary customer in alternate realities history. Absolutely. And his whereabouts have been unknown for some time. And that's been one of my regrets. Maybe my only regret. I love this podcast. <laughs> and I'm so proud of this podcast and everything that that I've been able to do with it. But one regret is not being able to get Jeff Wong on. And, you know, we have our 100th episode coming up in a few months. Oh, my God. That would be epic. So I, did you talk to him? I, I did not talk to him. He Funny enough, the only reason I knew it was him because he was wearing his glasses, he still those thick glasses. He would, you know, not, I'm not trying to be mean, but Jeff is was a little overweight, and he's still overweight. And he went right outside and was just puffed down that cigarette like it was the last thing on earth that he was going to enjoy, and went right back into the restaurant. I was like, oh my god! And I mentioned this to Drew, so. And he's like, there's no way. And he's like, I, he's like, I have yet to see Jeff there. I was like, he's, he went all the way into the back. And like, if you look into the restaurant, you can barely see like workers in the back. But I've seen him there three other times as I walk by the restaurant. And I'm like, that is hilarious. I was like, there's no way. I would love, because it's only a countertop when you walk into the restaurant. So like the kitchen's all the way in the back. So you're looking into the back of the kitchen so you can see all the workers. But I've only seen him there a handful of times and you know obviously i haven't really talked to him so that's that's really what it comes down to oh, but man. it'd be it'd be it'd be great if i'm still convinced the only person that can ever get him onto the high kiss is bill mayo i really am so maybe steve maybe steve could do it but i don't know yeah maybe this is this is great intel though thank you this is this is no, big, no problem. just to know to know where he is generally you know what's when big he, news yeah it's, uh, you know, it's amazing though, because I, I have him on camera in the original movie talking about, you know, and I filmed that in 2010 and I Jesus, think at that point, years ago? yeah. And at that point he was going to celebrate his, he was going to be 35. I remember I have him on camera saying I'll be or 34 or 35. So, you know, it's, it's amazing to think like he's in his mid forties now. Yeah, that is crazy. Well, I just turned 40. You so, did. I mean, that's, it's not that, it's not that, uh unbelievable anymore <laughs> you know i remember when 40 was so old <laughs> steve odo that one's for you all right <laughs> we're all so old <laughs> well no that's the thing i think 
I think it was in the the Halloween, the longer Halloween premiere episode. I think it was in that episode. Bill and I were talking about how it's crazy to us to think that, like now we're in the same general age that Steve was when he opened alternate realities. Because yes. it's, it's so weird. Because it's like we always looked at him. You know, we met him as kids, and he was this fully formed adult. You know, and it's like, wow, he has a comic shop, blah blah. And it's like now, it's like, oh, like we're that age that he was then. Like it's it's kind of crazy. Well, I found a photo. I don't know if Steve gave me the photo, but I found an old photo of this, of of Steve and I. I think he somebody gave me the photo of Steve and I playing cribbage in in the store. And this is when the register was on the left hand side when you were when you had walked in the store. So I, you know that you're talking years and years, and I mean I had to have been eighteen or nineteen at the time. I had to have been. So crazy how long ago that photo was taken and just crazy how long to think that you know, you know, Steve, you know what I mean? So, yeah, you know, you're talking, I've known Steve 20 over 20 years. I know that's crazy, crazy to think, you know, I was thinking about you obviously, you know, in advance of this episode and and thought of you recently when I wished you a happy birthday and and a couple of thoughts. And I appreciate that. Thank you. Of course. And you will, you know, in, in thinking about your 40th birthday, it seems like just yesterday that uh, we had that big dinner at Mickey Spillane's for your for your thirtieth, right? And I remember, right. I remember your 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 dad was there and he treated everyone. And uh, you know, I think that was the only time I, I had a chance to to meet him. But uh, it was such a great time, and and it's amazing to think that it's it's been ten years ago. Yeah, crazy, right? Yeah, for there, sure. It's it was a blink in the eye, to be honest with you. It's like, where did that time go? I, like, that's that's my thoughts now. Is it's like, we all sound the same at a certain age, right? <laughs> where did the time go? <laughs> where did the time? I was like, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be looking, and it's like, oh, I had that, I have that. I'm gonna be saying that, oh, I have that. I'm gonna sound like Steve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have that, and I'm looking at, and, you know, Bill Mayo again to reference Bill, because we uh, even even Chris Wilcock, just Magic the Gathering, those cards in general the cards that i had when i was younger it's like why didn't i keep them all because they're worth so much money now you know yeah crazy to think crazy i know but i've kept those comic books i've kept a lot of comic books so i'm kind of i'm kind of holding on to those it's like i'll hold on to for hope (laughs) maybe they'll go go up more you know um yeah. Well, yes. Well, I want to. I will. I'll jump back to comics in a second because I actually have a patron question for you specifically. So we'll get to that in a second. Oh, wow. But great. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. But uh, as far as just aging, right, and you know, celebrating your fortieth birthday, the thing that I love, I love seeing this, and it's encouraging to me. I mean, I mean, would you say like you're you're in the best shape of your life now at forty? <laughs> I. Yeah, I'm close to it. I mean, probably the best was, I'd say peak was about eh, 35. That's probably my best, 36. And the only reason I say that is because I was super consistent. You know, it was every other day, you know, four to five times a week, um, quit smoking. Actually, hold on a second. So I quit smoking will be... It'll be nine years. No, 10 years. It'll be 10 years. It'll be 10 years. Wow. Next month that I've quit smoking. So that's probably when I was in the best shape because you started to get your lungs back. Uh, but yeah, it, 
I'm not in terrible shape now. I'm in pretty decent shape, you know, but I stay active. And I think that's part of the key is to stay active, you know, and it should be encouraging. But you, you worked out, you, you lift weights and, you know, you do exercise. I mean, I, I'm not a weights guy, I'm more of a martial arts guy. And I think that helps, you know, uh, but yeah, it should be encouraging because, you know, I do feel good, but I, you know, but I start to hurt in the morning too. And I get my aches and pains like everybody else. Yeah, no, I, I, I understand. <laughs> no, I get it. It is what it is. You know, uh, you know, you learn as you get older, you can't really handle your alcohol anymore. It's like I had, you know, you had two beers and then I have a hangover for two days. It's like, what happened? You know, but that's okay. <laughs> I don't mind. I, I mean, I don't really drink as much as I used to. I mean, I was, and we all know I was a, a big booze hound, but that I like, I really don't do any of that anymore. I'm more to try to eat pretty clean and healthy and enjoy my vices every once in a while. And that's it. You know, yeah. I, I, it, 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 there's no, there's no secret formula to it. You know what I mean? <laughs> try to do the right thing. You know, I, I wish there was some secret to say, hey, the secret's out and everybody can share it, you know? But uh, <laughs> there is no secret. It's, you know, but at the end of the day, it's all hard work as well. You know, you got to be consistent. That's the hardest thing to do, be consistent. That's the thing. And, you know, both my grandfather and my mother, uh, lifelong, um, you know, ex- you know, commitment to exercise. And I saw that, you know, in both of them uh, growing up. And, you know, it took me a while before I... I, I came around to that myself, but, you know, but, uh, the thing that, you know, I saw from them and that now I've learned, what do you got? What are you doing over there? What? <laughs> oh, no. um, um, All this rustling. Oh, sorry. No, it's just taking off my sweatshirt because it's hot. <laughs> sorry. It's okay. good, thing that we, good thing we're not on video here. <laughs> Yeah, Brian's naked at this point. Now I'm naked. Now, now the pants are off. <laughs> uh, well, did you? Are you an Office fan or no? I love the Office. Uh, well, the episode in the final season, the prank that they pull on uh, Dwight when they make him think he's on the radio, and they're like, "Oh, we're getting some rustling." Like, it's so, like he's down to his underwear in the break room. It's amazing. Yeah, that's what that's what Brian is like uh, right now. We can't see him. Yeah, but, uh, pretty much. <laughs> That's funny, but but, uh, but no, what Jim I was saying. Jimmy's still my favorite character in that show. Oh, of course, the well, heart is the heart of the show. Oh, he's so funny. Um, but yeah, no, with the exercise, oh, like Michael it is a lifelong commitment. It, like it's a lifelong commitment for sure. And I think, like you said, right? There's no quick fixes. There's no, you know, no easy answers. It's like it's the work and it's the consistency. And it's not, you know, because I, I, I've I've really this past year uh, between losing the. The, the gym in my building that I was using and then moving and setting up my home gym and dealing with a wrist injury. Like I had a lot of starts and stops over this past year. And I'm happy to say like, I'm in a point now where like I'm, I'm in a good groove and it's like, I'm having fun banging those weights well, around, great. you know, and it, it's great. And I'm happy to be at that point, but it's like, I knew I put this in one of my Facebook posts, but like, I knew like one of those first workouts back, it's like, I'm going to take a beating in there tonight. Like, you know, this is not going to be easy. I'm going to feel this tomorrow, but it's like, you got to do it. Well, it's hard to keep those robust biceps going, isn't it? You know, in some ways, the the New York Times writing that and that story about me was one of the best things because, like, I can never let myself slack off too much because it's like, no. ah, it's on record, so I got to live up to that. Uh, you know, how, 10 years later, right? We still joke about it. Uh, yes, you know? I know. And you know what's funny? In that moment, 
I still remember reading that article on my phone in the hotel room at San Diego Comic-Con. And it was very exciting for all the reasons you would think. But I still remember when I got to that line and the thought that raced through my head was, I'm never going to hear the end of this. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Ten years later, I was like, oh, hey, there you go. Yeah. Uh, Mission Compass. You know, in another ten years when you do the, you know... The reunion, the the re, I don't know how how you're gonna do it, but you'll you'll figure out an AR term to it. <laughs> you, <laughs> you'll figure it out. I'm sure in another ten years, the twenty year reunion, <laughs> those robust biceps, how they doing? <laughs> yeah, they still got I you know I gotta I gotta keep at it, but uh, but no, I mean oh. so like for me like I do I do enjoy weights. I mean it can be tough you know to to not get bored for sure that can be, but uh, but I like it and it's a great way to just like. Just relieve stress. It's like I and I noticed that, oh, like in terms of mental health, like I noticed that I felt more peaceful and less stressed. Like once I got back into a better routine, because it's just like you just leave it all in there, and it's like you're you're tired, <laughs> but in a good way. And it's just I, I love it. And I'm assuming it's something similar for you with the mixed martial arts. Hundred percent, hundred percent. It's more Brazilian jiu-jitsu at this point. Oh, gotcha. And yeah, and, and you know the guys that we train with, well, are my professor or my teacher JT Torres shout out uh he is one of the hardest working guys I've ever seen in my entire life the guy the, I don't know anybody who works harder at what he does than that guy really uh, and it's true testament to him he's one of the hardest working guys ever and not, you know the other coaches they're they they're those guys are all beasts they, they are all in their own way the best at what they do you know what I mean yeah, they all work very, very hard. You know, there's a bit of grit to them. You know, they're you know these they're they're in they're in the trenches, and they're getting it done. And you know, that's his livelihood. You know, it's different. I, I'm doing it as a pastime, as a sport, and you know, do some competitions here and there, try to get better, try to get my black belt. You know, I mean, the ultimate goal is to get a black belt and maybe hopefully one day open up my own school. But that you know that that's that's a long term goal, but it's a realistic goal. And uh, hopefully one that he helps me further along. And, you know, he has uh, – I would love you to interview him to be way, way off the cuff for you, I guess, you know. And I bet you have a lot different questions than he would ever expect because, you know, I listen to a lot of his interviews and podcasts, and, you know, they're all jujitsu guys, and they generally ask all the same questions. It's similar to – because it's the niche, right? Right. So you have it. So it's similar to what we do and what you're you do here. But I typically, I mean, some of the questions that you've been coming up with in, in your podcasts or discussions and stuff like that, especially like how the COVID ordering was going, while, you know, the whole thing with oh DC going direct and you know how that affected. And, you know, again, shout out to Sean, shout out to Lord Retail. <laughs> Because those are the two guys that, you know, we're basing information off of. Um, you know, and I saw Paul Barrero over at Spider's Web a couple of times. He ordered um, some books for me. Uh, so, you know, the three jokers and all that. Yeah. Well, so, so actually, so, well, first of all, as far as you opening a school, I mean, that's all I didn't, I did not know that that was a long-term goal. And I think that's awesome. And I, I, you know, I would, I would love to see you do that. And, you know, I think we know where there's some, uh, some open real estate on Central Avenue, you know, if in case you're looking for a spot. (laughs) That'd be too close, but yeah, I I got you. 
Yeah. Well, I don't actually, I don't know if that play, because there was a, you know, and we talked about this on the podcast, an after school learning center that took over AR spot, but I think because of COVID, I, th- as well. I think they're, yeah. I think it's, I think it's gone too. Uh, but anyway, but I hope, I, man, I would love to see you do that. I think that's awesome. And I love that you've gotten into this and that it's been a healthy, positive thing, you know, in your life. Oh yeah. But speaking of, uh, well, actually, cause you mentioned Hendrix a couple of times and I just want to say like with fat moose, cause I was thinking about this, you know, I, I've gotten friendly of obviously with a lot of these retailers over the course of the, the past few years. And it's awesome. And in, in some cases like Sean and Lord retail, like they're genuinely friends, like it's gone beyond you know, they're subjects in a documentary, but with fat moose in particular, it's like, I've gotten to know either in person and or through Facebook, like the customers there, you know, like there, like there are a number of, and they listen to the podcast and all that stuff. So it's like, I think out of all the stores, not only do I know him, but it's like, I know their group and it's not again. And we've talked about this, like it's pretty, the vibe is very close to the AR group. So like, it's very, very cool. I've been meaning to go there for ages. So I, I mean, I've never actually met Sean, um, but I've been meaning just to go into that store for ages. Uh, my godmother, I'll use it as an excuse to go see my godmother just so I can go to the shop because I've been meaning just to see the shop in general. And, you know, just because maybe I'll get some of that old AR nostalgia, you know, just, or maybe I can rub off some of the old nostalgia into that store or something like that, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm sure, uh, Sean would be happy to have you. He'll, uh, pour you a glass of whiskey and, uh, and you'll, and you'll have a fun oh, time. Oh, Sean, Redbreast 21. All right. We're good. Good. <laughs> you, you know, it's, it's so funny, man. Cause like I saw all of the, his customers who brought him whiskey for, for the holidays. And it's like, I think he's well stocked for quite some time. And <laughs> Oh man, that's great. Yeah. I'm sure he would have wanted the cash instead. You know what? Knowing, <laughs> the product. knowing Sean and he'll respond to this when he listens to this, but I'm, I feel confident in saying he was happy with, with the whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I bet he was. But so my, oh. the listener question that I had for you, my, one of my patrons, uh, the patrons have the opportunity to ask a question that I read on air. And so Eric, uh, oh, one sure. of our, one of our all-star patrons and longtime uh, listeners was <laughs> curious. He was curious if you've continued to read comics and if so, what your comic shop experience has been like since AR closed. So I, the answer to this is, sorry, it's a little bit of a long uh, answer, but the, the answer to the question is, uh, once AR closed, I really stopped re- reading comics. I kind of stopped reading comics before AR closed. I wasn't really getting anything anymore. Um, I, I would pick up a trade here and there just because I didn't read the stories or anything like that. But over the last few months, and... Yeah, probably the last few months. I've really gone on a binge of buying comics again. And I think it's more more so it's just like, you know what, I miss it. And it's just bringing back, you know, the old having the book in my hand, reading it. Especially, you know, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They came out with this Ronin. And that kind of, you know, that was a straw that broke the camel's back after seeing... Uh, Three Jokers, right? I was like, I'm getting Three Jokers no matter what. Okay, cool. Then they came. Then they uh, solicited Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, Ronin, and I'm like, I, I have to read this. It looks phenomenal. And I was always a big Ninja Turtles fan. And and Chris Wilcock and I, you know, we would have discussions of, you know, what is he's far bigger fan than I am, but you know, I loved it as much as then. And you know, being friends with Tim Scott, who played Raphael in the original Turtle movies, 
he, you know, it helps. You know what I mean? So I was like, okay, let me get this story. And then I would, you know, I've always been on a big samurai kick. And I was like, there was a new uh, Usagi Gojimbo uh, series. And that's also going to be on Netflix soon. I was like, you know what? Let me start buying these up and reading them. And I've been enjoying them, to be honest with you. Now, I don't go to the comic shop too often. I do shop at Spider's Web. Um, so to get my books, because, you know, Paul's been a long time, you know, friend, at least friend to the store, friend to me, and he takes care of me when I go to the store anyway. So, you know, uh, so the answer is I didn't for a long time. And up until about the beginning of COVID, I started back again and I picked up, uh, I think it was you who recommended that I needed to read, um, Batman White Knight. And I picked that up in in, in a hardcover, and it's been good so far. I'm only halfway through it, but it's been good so far. Oh, good. I'm glad you like it. Yeah, I uh, I haven't read the follow up yet, or I think there might be multiple follow ups at this point. But I like the original miniseries, and yeah, as a Joker fan, I figured you would get a kick out of it. Um, I think it's great. So all right, so you're out of it for a while, but you've been dabbling, you know, back in, and you've been doing it through Spider's Web. So that's cool. I mean, and we've talked about this before, like you know, when AR was closing, that's where Steve was directing everyone when they were asking, well, where should I get my comics? Because all oh, yeah wasn't open yet, and Paul was the other like big game in town, and and he was a former AR customer, so it was a natural segue. And, and, you know, he and Steve have remained, you know, on, on good terms and everything. So, you know, it, it made sense. Do you feel, does it have, because I, I shopped there for a period of time, but I haven't in a while. I mean, does it have any kind of like AR-esque feel for it? Or, I mean, maybe that's hard to answer because we're dealing with COVID anyway. Uh, I mean, I will tell you not at the present time. Yeah. Um, and just my, I mean, don't get me wrong. Paul and the employees are very welcoming when I walk into the store. They, they all know who I am. Um, so, and I'm surprised, you know, I mean, our comic circles are not that large, but I'm surprised that they know who I am and stuff like that. Paul, Paul obviously, cause I would have conversations with Paul for hours in, in AR, you know? Yeah. Uh, but he would have a, also a mountain of books to go through. So, <laughs> <laughs> he, he was, you know, maybe he had two copies of everything that came out on that new that week or something like that. Um, but no, I, I must say. Last year, I was in Portugal. Maybe this is what really triggered it to, because uh, I was in Portugal last year, and I said, you know what? Let me see what comic shops are around where I'm staying. And I found two comic shops, and they were relatively close to each other. But Portugal is like Lisbon wasn't that uh, big, and I walked into them, and you know they were very, you know, welcoming. They're like, I'm just like I'm from New York. I'm over here for. A jiu-jitsu tournament, and they're like, oh, very nice, and it's like, I say, it's like, do you like comics? I'm like, yeah, and it was just, you know, at the time, there really wasn't anything in the store that I hadn't seen before, and I was like, okay, comics are pretty much the same, you know, that they were pushed, they, they didn't really have too many new books, per se, but they were pushing their trades big time, uh. and so, but they had, like, a lot of old vintage toys hanging around, and that's something I liked about you know, our comic shops or even AR that we had some vintage toys lying around. It was always cool to see those. I remember, I remember we had those telescoping Luke's and old star Wars toys. I, I think Bill went through all those and the GI Joe and stuff like that. I, I like that stuff as well, you know, and you know, through, you know, 
Chris Wilcock and ha- him having his own Comic Con, you know, I got some old vintage pieces that I've been meaning to always pick up again, you know. So it, it's worked out in a sense, you know. Yeah, no, that's cool. And you know, you've got one up on me because, like, I've never, I've never been to a comic shop in another country. Do you go when you're in, when you're in Ireland as well? Because I know you go there a lot. Do you go to comic shops there? So I did when I was younger. I would always look for them and just to see what they were like. But as I've gotten older, just timing, I haven't had enough time to go even look around. I would actually, I've been to a comic shop in Scotland when I was in Scotland. That was cool. The guy had a lot. Of, and now you see, here's, here's hindsight for you. He had so many silver age books and they were, they weren't expensive at all at the time. And I could have just feathered through a bunch of them, taken out some key books and said, Thank you very much, and, and and rode the wave, you know. But now I see all, everybody does these buy-ins or buying, you know, 20, 30, 40 copies of one issue, and, and you know, I'm not into that. I like having my one copy, maybe a second copy just in case, but that's about um, – that's all I really want, you know what I mean? Yeah. One copy for myself, you know, um, if I have to, you know, I'll give – I'll, if I never get married or have you know kids or anything like that, I'll probably leave all my comics and you know magic cards to my godchildren, and they can do whatever they want with it, you know. So, but that's about it. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, speaking of like mar- getting married and kids, I know because I know you mentioned the, uh, the you know the the school that you hope to open at some point is uh, you know marriage and like having a family, all that stuff. Is that still you know on the on the long term planning, or are you thinking you might be living a life of uh, confirmed bachelorhood like Rich Roney? Uh, I, I'm I'm probably leaning towards the Rich Roney life. <laughs> as long as as long I'm as you a, have not a bad life. And look, I you know I'm not taking it off the table. I mean, it would be nice, but if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. If it does, it does. Great, you know. It's I kind of you know you got to go. Which way the wind blows at that point, you know, it's, it is what it is at the end of the day, you know? Yeah, that's true. And, 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 you know, again, uh, speaking of rich, as long as you have a, a more, uh, balanced diet than beer and bread sandwiches, I think you'll be all no, right. No, no. I learned how to cook <laughs> during COVID. I, and I enjoy cooking. I, I actually, I genuinely enjoy cooking. Oh man, I, that's I, awesome. I learned, yeah. I'm not, I'm still not the best, but. I, I'm, I can, you know, I know how to cook steak and chicken and, you know, I'll make my breakfast eggs and some chorizo and some, you know, get some English muffins and stuff like that. But yeah, oh, key that's... thing in a lot of this stuff is butter. Butter is so key. Who mm. knew? Yeah. That's, <laughs> uh, listen though, that's awesome. You know, in the, um, I don't know if you had a chance to listen, but in Thanksgiving episode, I had Roby on and, and we talked about I did. what a he, chef. I, I, I see what a chef he's become. Great. I mean, you know, he's done well for himself. Yeah. Oh, I'm very inspired with both of you guys. Uh, that's that's really something. Are you like? Ro- ha- like Roby's, where- Roby's more skilled than I am. I'm 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 <laughs> very low. Uh, you know, I I got. Uh, I'm just getting my cutting skills down. Although I'm not gonna lie, since working at the supermarket, a lot of the stuff is at my fingertips. Um, you know, and I work with a lot of minorities, but I I've learned like key key making great guacamole and i'm like and i'm it's not too shabby the few times that i've made it and i'm like i've impressed myself you know the first time i was like oh way too much lime but and not enough avocado now i know now i'm now i'm finding my ratios so it's and it's getting good it's just like oh this is good 
Yeah. So. Oh, that's, I'm very happy to hear that. I mean, that's great. I mean, that's, you know, that saves money. It's healthier. I mean, there's, uh, you know, so many benefits to, you know, cooking for yourself, not get, you know, not getting everything out. That's awesome, man. Yeah, man. I honestly, I do enjoy it. The problem you have though is now, you know, it's working nine and a half hours and then going to the gym and then you get home at nine o'clock at night. It's like, do I really want to cook at nine o'clock at night? No, but you know, you kind of bite down on the, the mouth guard and you go through it and then you're like, ah, oh, thank God I did that. You know, that type of thing. Yeah. Going back to like working out, you do what you got to do. I just saw, um, the, you know, the rock he posted on, on Instagram, he, it was midnight and he had to get in his second, his second leg workout, uh, at midnight and he did it, you know? So, uh, and he'll be up at four o'clock in the morning for that. That guy's, a, I mean, that guy's a monster. He, he's such an, such a positive inspiration for so many people. It's like good for him, you know? Yeah, no, I love, I love following all of his stuff. It, it is, it is inspiring. And I'm, I'm looking forward to his, the sitcom about his life. I think that'll be a lot of fun. I think it's already started soon. Very soon. I, by the time this comes out, I, I think it will have started. I think we're like a week or two out very soon. Oh, though. Okay. Yeah, maybe. Oh, speaking of things coming out and this dovetails into uh, something else that I wanted to ask you about your fandom of the Joker, because uh, again, by the time people hear this in a couple of weeks, maybe this will be old news, but uh, just today, yesterday or today, uh, we, we got some images of Joker in the Snyder cut of justice league. Did you get to see them? I haven't, I have not. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, I'll be, I'll be on the, hold on. Let's see the power of the internet at your fingertips. Right. Yes. Well, if only there were a way we could pull up these photos right now. <laughs> so it's Snyder cut Joker images. Huh? Yeah. Is that, um, who, who was playing the Joker? Jared Leto. Oh, just Jared Leto Joker. Yeah, this not is the much, this not, is not I know, my favorite. But this is a different not look. It's a different look. They didn't go with the Suicide Squad look. Um. So Justice League. Door. It's Justice League. What is it called? Justice League. What? If you just do Justice League Snyder Cut Joker, you should. It should come up. Okay. Google at your best. Um. Doesn't really show his full look, but he looks like a zombie. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm not. Uh, I'm not fussed on him. <laughs> he was. Uh, yeah. You well, know. Yeah. No, I was just curious, but let me ask you because I know. I mean, is it safe to say Joker's still your favorite comic book character? Oh, uh, I mean. I don't, he's, he'll always be a favorite. I don't think I have any one that is a favorite favorite anymore that sticks out, you know, but I'll always, it'll probably lean towards the Joker. I mean, you know, recent renditions, you know, I have my opinions, obviously. Um, you know, Jackson Phoenix, he was great. Uh, I hated that, you know, it's a comic book movie and he basically made it, uh, a mental thing. That's why he the way left the way he left. I, I thought that was like you wanted to show mental health in a comic movie. I was like that that uh, that drove me mad. But you know, other than that, showing that he was well, if you read three Jokers, or <laughs> it's like oh okay, a lot of this makes sense. I, so you know, sometimes I think the the writers of the books try to, you know, have very a lot of similarities that the movies came out with. You know what I mean? And sometimes I feel like they should have just followed the books because the books were written that way, <laughs> you know? 
Yeah, well, I know that is the age old, uh, you know, debate when we have these, you know, these like comic book adaptations. I, I'll be honest, because and I don't know how much you and I even spoke about the the Joker movie, but I did not. I wasn't really a fan. Uh, I wasn't offended by it, but I, I wasn't really a fan. The thing that bugged me about it was I thought it would have been really interesting if you really got to see this person's descent. Um no, they just made him mentally ill. I mean, that's the and thing, was, right? That's the and thing. I was like, really pissed. Look, the last half hour of that movie was brilliant, and that's what been like. You should have started that way and went went into a backstory. You know what I mean? It, it would have been one of those movies that worked better if it worked. You watched it backwards. <laughs> yeah, I man, I, mean, I suppose. Um, but so, but for you, joke for Joker generally, what made you a fan to begin with? I don't know. I, I probably Batman the animated series, Mark Hamill. Yeah, uh, voicing that old. I I just remember. It must have been 1992 or 93. I was watching the the old Christmas episode of Batman the Animated Series, and no Joker saying "Jingle Bells, Batman Smells, Robin Lee." <laughs> so I don't know. I just and just he just made me laugh, and I was like, he's making me laugh. And you know, as scary as I got older and more educated, and just all the messed up things he would do, kind of you know, just part of my personality, my humor is like. I laugh at a lot of messed up things and it's probably because of the Joker, the way he was written, you know? So, and especially that time was about, you know, when, um, no, that's too early, but I probably had read the reprint of, um, the killing joke or something like that, you know? Cause I always had that. I always had some sort of, sort of, um, you know, interest in them. Cause a lot of people that I, when I was younger, they they were afraid of clowns and I would just find, the Joker funny and I would have like Joker comics around and they just leave me alone so I could read my book because <laughs> I didn't like clowns. <laughs> so, it's, I'm, I'm not joking. I, that's really what happened. So yeah, it's interesting. I mean, cause I feel like you don't often, uh, like, you know, someone's favorite comic book character. I, I feel like I mean, I don't know, a lot of people right tend to gravitate more towards the heroes, but hero. you know, for a villain, I think that's, that's interesting. What's your favorite Joker comic book story? Do you have one? Oh, um, honestly, in recent years, I love the the Brian Azzarello story. You know? Oh, that five part that five part uh, miniseries yeah. or whatever. What because they did they did a Lex Luthor one and a Joker one. So that, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The Azzarello one speaks to me of volumes because I don't know. It, he's he was the boogeyman, right? You know, uh, p- put it in perspective this way. Um, John Wook is they call him Baba Yaga, right? You know, so the Joker is the boogeyman for all the bad guys, you know? Yeah. So, I I mean, look, I love Batman, too. I, I watch more Batman shows than anything else, you know? Um, I always thought Batman was the best hero, you know? But... Yeah. Oh, what do you, speak- you think of Gotham, the TV show? I liked Gotham. Yeah, I me too. I thought it was great. Me too. I thought it was very, very good. Although, you know, um, the Penguin stole that show. And Ed and guy who played Enigma, those guys, those those actors, they stole that show. Yeah, they were so good. They are brilliant. I mean, you know, the show was always, you know, received most of its praise for its depiction of the villains. Those two in particular were fantastic, and I loved uh, what Cameron Monaghan did as oh, his version of the Joker. Yeah, he was great. He was very, very good. He was very, very good. You know, but it was another show that short-lived, five seasons, right? I mean, look, they can't all be 10, 10 year epics like Smallville. You know, five I years, know. they did 100 episodes. That was a solid run. 
Well, yeah, they get their uh, reruns, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they go uh, into syndication. <laughs> so, but all right, so that Azarello miniseries, you kind of hold that up on the comic book side, well, and then... I, well, yeah, I mean, you know, you all, Killing Joke, you always have to go back to, right? Um, even the, the, even um, um, Dark Knight Returns, the, his role in the Dark Knight Returns, you know? Right. Uh, that sort of was like, oh, okay, kind of jars you a bit that Frank Miller writing you know <laughs> did you uh, I don't know if you got a chance to listen to the all-star Batman and Robin uh, episode that I did of book club with Sean Hendricks but we talked about you know the the Joker's role uh, in that which you didn't really get to see fleshed out you only got a little little taste of it before the series just you know stopped stopped yeah <laughs> so yeah um but no maybe I did I think I might I might have I'm sorry. My record, my memory isn't as good as it used to be. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Comes with the age. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I kind of, you know, it, it, for the Joker was really always the artists that, that really made me buy the stories. And, you know, as I got older, I read the earlier stories and, you know, how he was more of a, crimp, a criminal back in the, you know, the thirties and forties and stuff like that. And again, if you haven't read uh, Three Jokers, you you know you figure out you know oh this is what's going on with the Jokers. But you know, I was half right when we first spoke uh, first uh, spoke about it. You know, yeah, because we texted when when Three Jokers <clears throat> first came out. I was very curious, you know, as a Joker fan, what you thought. And now uh, you compared it to a Christopher Nolan movie, The Prestige, which I love. And I, I don't want to spoil it in case anyone hasn't seen it. But uh, when you mentioned that, I was like, oh, like, that's a cool way to look at it. I mean, all in all, and I guess we'll, we'll avoid spoilers because Three Jokers is still relatively recent in case anyone hasn't hasn't read it yet. But like overall, were you satisfied with it? Because I was I, overall, I liked it. I wasn't blown Honestly, away. No, I wasn't blown away. The first the first. The, the first issue, I was like, okay, great. I can get into this. Second issue was like, okay, I see what you did there. And the third issue is like, really? I was like, okay, I guess, is that what I have to accept? Fine. And then he still didn't find out what you wanted to find out after all these years. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it was, um, again, overall, it's worth a it was, read, it, but I don't think it, it was, was worth a read, a But hype. I do think, in my opinion, it was anticlimactic, to be honest with you. Yeah. And then what about live action Jokers? Is Heath Ledger your favorite? Uh, he is definitely up there. He would be, he did the best depiction for sure. Well, who's your favorite? I mean, I, Jack Nicholson. Jack, Cause no, look, here's the thing, right? Uh, you know, I said, who's your favorite? I, I think, and that's, I think, uh, and that's I think fine. it has to do, I think it has to do with, with age. And I, you know, I, I think Keith, so Jack and Heath are probably on the same level. You know, I think because just because of my age and how young I was, because I remember seeing the original Batman, 1989 Batman in the theaters. I remember seeing it and I remember seeing the Joker and how he was, and you know, where does he get those wonderful toys and uh, the greatest thing ever. And, you know, as a kid, as you know, was I eight at the time as an eight year old kid, you know, it was like, Wow cool you know you i remember my eyes just being you know bright-eyed and just you know you in shock and this was one of the coolest things ever so i don't know maybe that's what it is i mean but i love cesar romero i mean jared leto by far for me is the worst joker but you know who knows yeah i uh 
uh, yeah, I'm cu- I'm curious to see his his Joker come back in the Snyder Cut, and and we'll see. Yeah, I was not I was really not a fan of Suicide Squad generally, or, or Suicide Squad it. had so much potential too. So yeah, it, it, and it started off really great, and then it just went to crap. It's just the typical DC formula. Well, even even Wonder Woman. Well, yes, I know you you will defend your movies to no end. I understand. <laughs> I know you're a very big fan, <laughs> but. Um, if you're comparing Marvel movies to DC movies, DC movies have been sort of underwhelming. And I'm a fan of, you know, the Wonder Woman, the first Wonder Woman movie that came out. The second one was just like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, 84 but, was was tough. I mean, I'll say this. I, and I, I, I think this is very fair to say. The Marvel movies have been very consistent. There's a level of consistency that the DC movies have, have not achieved. There's, they've been very much a mixed bag. I am a defender of Snyder. I'm very excited for the Snyder Cut. And, you know, not to take us down a tangent here, but with, with the Suicide Squad, I don't know if you've been following this, but there's a whole movement to release... <laughs> the director's original cut of the movie uh, because apparently he was forced to reshoot a lot of stuff and it got recut like kind of out from under him. So apparently there's another version of that movie. Uh, You know, again, I would be curious to see it. I don't know how much it would improve. I I, I still watch this. You know, there's recasts and like like you said, the level of consistency in the DC movies is, it's just not there. It's just, it's it's poor, to say the least. But if they, you know, do a flashpoint, reset, and get the actors you want to play everybody and be like, okay, hey, you are Batman for the next 10 years. Hate to tell you, don't sign up for anything else. We'll get the right writers, that type of thing. You know, sort of. But, you know, John Favreau can't save everything. <laughs> so, John Favreau. Made the Marvel Universe what it really is, right? Started off with Iron Man. Yeah. And he's been in all the way down. Now, look what he did for Star Wars. Star Wars, The Mandalorian, that's the best thing in the last 25 years that's come out from Star Wars. And he's at the helm. So, John Favreau and Dave Filoni, you know, in fairness, he's really he was really good with the Clone Wars and stuff like that. And them together, I mean, that was like, that's a match made in heaven for any Star Wars fan. And... I'll debate people on that no matter what. <laughs> no, I get it. And, you know, in the last episode I had Drew on and he spoke at length about how, you know, the Mandalorian has really, you know, restored uh, his fandom and his faith in the franchise. So I think that's cool. So we've been going for well, just about an hour and my phone is is nearing the end of its of its battery life. So uh, just I want to make sure we touch on this. You know, you're here for our St. Patrick's Day episode of The Longer Halloween. And, you know, as I as I was mapping out who I wanted to have on for each of these holiday installments... Uh, there were some that, yeah, to be honest, there are some coming up that are uh, somewhat arbitrary, others that made perfect sense, others where I kind of had to fit a little bit, like, you know, having Drew for Valentine's Day, he officiated my <laughs> wedding to Steph, there was that yeah, component, but from the start, it was like, well, O'Day has to be on the St. Patrick's Day episode, <laughs> because I know fine. you're, you know, you're proud of your Irish heritage, you visit Ireland, very, and famously, yes, famously, and I wanted to ask about this, and I think maybe I got my answer because you you touched on the fact that you're really not drinking much these days. But in the past, you used to give up alcohol for Lent, with the exception of St. Patrick's Day, where you received, if I'm not mistaken, right, special dispensation from the Pope. Was that was that right? That's right. Yeah. That is correct. That is correct. <laughs> that is absolutely correct. <laughs> so, but yes, that is true. It's a true story. I would I would go dry except for St. Patty's Day for 40 days and. That was that was what I would give up for Lent, but now that I don't even do that anymore, 
I don't know what I have to do anymore, you know? Um, but yeah, it is, um, you know, I used to take it very seriously. I don't even want to say I took it. It's not really a serious holiday. Uh, and St. Patrick isn't even Irish, which is hilarious. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> go figure that one out. Bit of history there, right? Yeah. He's, it- he's Italian for all those that didn't know. <laughs> um. But yeah, I would famously take St. Patty's Day off from work. I'd go into the city and have a few beers and run amok, get home, call it a night. Yeah. So uh, are, will you be giving up something for Lent this year if it's not, not alcohol? <clears throat> um, I don't know. I haven't decided yet, to be honest with you. Cause that's, uh, uh, what? It's, it's kind of weird because, you know, well, kind of, there's there's no real vices. To, you know, I'm not really doing anything that I would always be doing anymore, you know? It's hard hard to say. It's like, oh, I'll give up candy or chocolate. Okay, fine. You know, there's no point. There's got to be something to do. Maybe I'll do something extra. Maybe I'll help people out. Something, you know, maybe I can do something like that, you know? You know, I, I like that. I, you know, I... It's Pay it forward a bit. Yeah, it's interesting. Like on the New Year's episode, I had I had Phil on Phil Phil Hussein, and Hussein. you know we talked about how you know he fasts for Ramadan, and you know I I, I respect that. I mean, being despite being raised Catholic, it's like even even when I was a practicing Catholic, the whole like no meat on Fridays and stuff. Like I never subscribed to that. It just wasn't for me. But you know I I do respect you know whether it's whether it's that or giving up something for Lent like you've done. I mean I, I you know I. I admire if you have the discipline to do that and you want to do it and you derive some value from it. For me, it's like, I don't know. It was just never really my bag. And I, but I like, I like what you said. I think that might be a better way to look at it. Not depriving yourself, but like, yeah, trying to do something like do something proactive, something positive, something good that you can put out there as opposed to like, yeah, right. I'm not going to eat chocolate for a month. Yeah, it, it, what what does that do for me? You know, uh, I don't have a sh- I don't have a sweet tooth for a month. <laughs> yeah, I rather you're right. Be proactive is probably a better thing, and you, you, you probably make yourself feel better as well. You know that you did something for somebody maybe, or for some you know maybe it's some you helped a kid out or something. I don't know a- anything. You know. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you. So how? So I mean, again. You don't have your traditional St. Patrick's Day routine with with the alcohol and all that, and of course, well, you we don't have to co- listen. Yeah. You can't even have bars open, right? So last year, the bars and everything was closed for St. Patty's Day. So that's so, what I was going to say. What are your plans for this year? I know we're still early from in terms of when we're recording this, but do you know what you what you will do? Yeah, I'll be working, and I'm probably going to dress up like a leprechaun at work. <laughs> 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 so I just maybe that's what I'll give some people some humor. They take photos of me. You know, <laughs> so, but that's, yeah, that's my plan. All right. Well, I think that'll be fun. Oh, wait. And so with the training, so now is this, is the studio, is the school open at all? Like, or, or are you doing it at home? Like, what are you doing? Um, uh, since this is public access, I don't want to say what we're doing. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> we're, uh, we're training underground. Okay. <laughs> Put it that way. But, uh, well, anything else uh, that you want to, you want to mention before we, oh, before man, we wrap I, up? I, I don't know, man. I, I again, you know, I, I do appreciate you actually giving me the one on one time this time. You know, uh, I had fun. I know it's an hour. Sorry to make take us up so long. I think I had two hours hours out of Drew. We're not on a Joe Rogan podcast. I got that. That's all right. <laughs> no three hour podcast. 
No three. Well, um, no, it's funny though. So, uh, so I think we had said this in one of our unused takes, but uh, yeah, when I first asked you to, to be on this, you were like, oh, who else is going to be on there? I'm like, no, no, like these are one-on-one and you know, it, it's kind of shifted in terms of you know, what I kind of want out of the podcast experience and what I want to put out there. So, you know, in the past when I've done, you know, podcasts with two or three guests where I'm really trying to learn from them and, and get information out of them, you know, that's one thing. But with something like this where we're just conversing and catching up, it's like, you know, I, I'm happy to have it just be one-on-one and, and I think we get a more, you know, organic conversation than, you know, multiple people all trying to, you know, jump in. So I, no, I, I, I love doing I it this okay. way. Uh, wow, who who would have known Joe Rogan was right, huh? I don't know. Somebody might have said something a few years ago, but who knew? Who knew? Well, I mean, the thing is, though, it's like I'm ha- like I'm happy that I did the other episodes the way that I did, but I'm also happy to do these this way now. But it's it's funny as far as the runtime, you know, for the longer Halloween episodes, those have been in the hour to hour and a half range. Those haven't been anything crazy, but the the digging for Kryptonite and the book club episodes that I've been doing, those have all been like most of them have been pushing two hours. Uh, we have a lot oh, to say. Good. Oh, that's what I meant to ask you. That's right. Are you you know you're in a, you. So the, all your listeners are going to know how, how silly and stupid I am. So when I saw the longer Halloween, I was like, oh, maybe he wants me to read the long Halloween again. So I ended up reading the long <laughs> Halloween again. <laughs> so I ended up reading the long Halloween again. And I'm like, oh, this is such a great story. Maybe he'll bring up his – so I was like, you know what? I had to say I'll, – I'll say this. I was like, now I want to be on the book club and we can discuss the long Halloween. So that's <laughs> – uh, that's, that's, that's what I got. <laughs> well, that is hilarious. If it makes you feel any better, you're not the only one. I, I don't know if it was, it was Bill or Phil, like someone, when I reached out to them about this, they were like, oh, like, do you want, I don't know if they said, do you want me to read that? Or they might've said like, what do you want me to read? And I was like, no, no, no. Like it's not a book club. It's just, you know, it's, it's the long AR Halloween. It's just, it's just, uh, you know, it's a fun yeah. takeoff on the title. So yes. So I, I ended up actually reading it. So yeah. <laughs> Not, not that it matters. Not, not that. It, but I also read the follow-up, uh, you know, Dark Victory after that as well. Well, so I'm sorry that <laughs> sorry that you did that unnecessarily. But they are great stories. So oh, they're fantastic you know, stories. You know, Batman I, stories. I'd feel worse if they, if they were you know terrible stories. They were like oh, and I had to go track well, them I, down, I, and they didn't like them. I didn't mean to ask you. Did you read Doomsday Clock? Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. And and you enjoyed that and. You kind of that's like the DC reset again, right? Essentially, I have I bought the trade, and I'm going to read it at some point. But I, I, I just kind of know. I, I have no real background on it, or you know, I don't know what my expectations should be. You know, it's real. It's real funny because you know I'm not a huge Watchmen guy, and I've said this on other podcasts. Like I, I admire it and I respect it. And the one time I read it, I did enjoy it, but it's it's not something that I've been like, oh man, I, I'm dying to go back to it. So I'm not a huge Watchmen guy, but and and so the the whole idea, like at the end of the DC Rebirth special, right years ago now, when we found out that the Watchmen world was going to collide with the DC universe, I was like, all right, well, like it didn't really do anything for me, and I went into Doomsday Clock with pretty low expectations, and I quite enjoyed it. And the uh, I don't know if you watched the HBO Watchmen series, but it was yeah, so great. good. It was very good. So it's interesting, it like great. having these recent uh, Watchmen related projects that I've I've really been into. So I dug Doomsday Clock a lot. Well, the, okay, good. I, well, I mean, I'll take it on your recommendation. Uh, I did buy it, just you know, hey, something so, again, something for me to read, and just having you know, trying to read some of the new stories because you know, 
as as I got out of the comics, I, I I thought a lot of the stories were soft and they were they just weren't any good. No offense to the writers out there, they're just doing their job. But you know, I just didn't think I just didn't I didn't enjoy them. Put it that way. No, I understand. I, it, um, it's it, it's not you know I'm not trying to belittle anybody. Um, but you know, for something like The Watchmen, when I first read, I I was a kid when I first read that. So you know. It, it wasn't an easy read for me as a kid, so I didn't really understand a lot of the stuff that was going on. So as I got older, obviously, I reread it, and it's a very good read, but it's a hard read. You know what I mean? It's not an easy read. So, Yeah, it's not something remember, that you I, like. I, I, it's not something you bring I, to the beach and you kind of just like relax and read it. Yeah, it's, 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 it's yes, yeah, exactly. I and mean, it's not something I would tell people is like, oh, you, it's something you can read over and over again. It's something you have to actually want to read over again and be like, oh, is this happened? I can go see that. So, you know, th- that's why, obviously, the TV show was a lot better than the movie, obviously. Um, but anyway, so it's good to know that uh, you, you're recommending Doomsday Clock. So, all right, no I, problem. I, I like it. And without spoiling anything, um, you know, it kind of gets at the heart of the Superman's role in the DC universe and mythology. So I liked it for that aspect. But um uh, but anyway, I do hope that you enjoy it, you know, when you get a chance to check it out. Absolutely. Maybe, maybe I'll have a discussion one of these days. Yes. Well, there are plenty of uh, <laughs> podcasts, so I, I think we'll, we'll, we'll be able to we'll have you on. You know, it's funny because like eventually I will cover the longer Halloween and all that stuff, but I've done a good bit of lobe between digging for kryptonite and my comic shop book club. I've done a few lobe things uh, already, so I'm going to space out the the longer Halloween, the long Halloween and all that stuff. Uh, is there, uh, are you, are you doing like um writers you do are you doing like writers runs with the book club or are you just doing specific like big story arcs or it's a mix it really depends uh i mean given my inclinations like yeah it's, it's definitely more writer centric um but it's it's def- yeah. it's a mix of stuff and you know just uh you, know, you get some of the miller stuff in there and you know you get some you know yes no, of course. Down more stuff and whatever. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, well, listen, dude. Before my phone dies, uh, thank you very much uh, for Absolutely. taking part. I'm really my glad. Pleasure. I'm glad we got to catch up. Uh, I'm glad you're hanging in there. You're doing your thing. Uh, stay safe. Stay healthy. And I look forward to the next time when we can actually uh, be in person together. Fantastic. Don't be a flat squirrel. Don't be a flat squirrel. Take care, buddy. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you to Brian and to all of you for tuning in for this episode. We'll be back at the beginning of April with Tom Darby for our April Fool's episode. Uh, Should be a lot of fun. Until then, don't be a flat squirrel. My Comic Shop History is a Flat Squirrel production. Art by Filtastic Phil Menza, music by Basic Printer. If you like what you heard, be sure to listen to Digging for Kryptonite, available on most major podcast platforms. Sign up for exclusive content at patreon.com slash anthonydesiato and watch My Comic Shop Country out now on Apple TV and Amazon.